Welcome to the Catches You podcast. I'm your host, Jack Fair. Today we have a special guest joining us from the University of Dayton, Travis Farrick. Travis Farrick played his college ball at Boston College. He has spent the last five years coaching Division I baseball, including the last four being at the University of Dayton, where he has served as the pitching coach. As you may have guessed from his last name, Travis is my brother. We are super excited to take some of the conversations that we've had and share those discussions with you here on this format. Today, we're going to talk about the relationship between the pitcher and the catcher and how both parties can help the other one get better in practice so that we can have success as a team in the game. Hey, Trav, how you doing today, buddy? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Excited to uh, talk a little baseball and get into it. Sounds good, man. So kind of like I just talked about, you and I, we have these conversations all the time about how we can get better, you know, how the catchers can help the pitchers, how the pitchers can help the catchers. And, you know, talking about that relationship and, and how critical it is to be on the same page. So I kind of, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about today was something that you and I have gone in depth about a ton is, you know, the bullpen and how we can make our bullpens more productive and help each other as the catchers and the pitchers help each other get better and hold each other, you know, accountable when it comes to uh, what we're trying to accomplish that day. And I know you go into pre, you know, you go into depth on your guys' bullpens and I know there is a level of accountability that you expect your catchers to hold your pitchers to. So you could talk about that a little bit and get started and then we'll kind of just keep it rolling from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like, like uh, you mentioned, accountability is a, is a huge factor when it comes to success between a pitcher and catcher and uh, creating that relationship. But the other word that I think you and I will probably throw around a lot throughout this, um, this talk is communication and how to properly communicate and how to learn how to communicate. Um, because you know better than anyone as a, as a coach and an instructor and being across is if you don't communicate it, it's really tough to hold someone accountable because if they don't know what you you're expecting or what they expect from you, then it doesn't matter if you're trying to do something, they don't understand it. So all of a sudden that's when you see players, coaches become defensive towards each other because they don't properly communicate. Um, so, you know, knowing that one of the, those two words, accountability and communication, that's my goal usually going into a, a season is like, how are we going to get these guys to communicate so that they can hold each other accountable? Um, you know, and we've talked about it and from a different level, like in, in college and then high school, you have different personalities. You have different kids. Um, you have different coaches. You have kids that have been coached by, you know, multiple guys that have different styles. So the biggest thing that I try to do is teach these guys how to communicate and hold each other accountable. That's, that's what I see my job as, as a coach. And it's a, it's a, it's a obstacle, you know, it's a, it's an obstacle that you have to overcome to be able to teach those things. So I start with that in the bullpen. Um, but I think, yeah. yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I think the other thing that is really important is being able to create an atmosphere where communication is allowed. And I think, you know, that's one thing that, I know I've been trying really, really hard with my catchers is to give them tools where they're able to communicate, but it's not necessarily coming across as 
forced leadership or like they're trying to coach the pitchers. It's, it's, it's more, we're trying to get them to be able to communicate what they see just as much what they see that's good as they do what they see, you know, might need improvement and getting the pitchers to feel comfortable saying little things about how the catcher's set up and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think that that's that barrier that you and I are always talking about when it comes to talking to each other and communicating. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's kind of a perfect segue into like how we do things and how we try to teach those guys, because what happens in my opinion is players become so dependent on the coach telling them to do everything that they don't know what they're actually looking for. They're trying to think as a coach, as opposed to thinking as a player, you know, and thinking, Hey, this is what I have to do to get this guy right. And vice versa, as opposed to, well, coach would probably want him to do this. So for us, like you said, giving guys tools, teaching them to be players and not try to, you know, think like someone else, like, all right, this is how this guy thinks. Use that and understand that knowledge is everything. You know, if you understand something, it's a lot easier to be focused on that thing as opposed to if you don't understand what's going on. And then, like you said, there's forced leadership. Like you feel like you have to say something, but you don't know what to say. Those are the worst. That's the, that's when, that's when you see things really fall out of line is because no one knows what's going on. So then all of a sudden you, it turns into a bickering match as opposed to actually working towards something. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know if you had anything you, you thought to that as well. I think, I think sometimes too, not even kind of like you said it, that's where I think a lot of guys will even clam up because they're scared to say something that might offend or hurt someone's feelings, or they may just feel like, you know, the other person is not going to listen to what they have to say because the environment's not set up for you to give, uh, you know, feedback. And, and I think that's the thing where a lot of kids take, feedback as critique rather than what it is is just feedback you know everyone's looking for a negative uh, connotation when it comes to you know someone saying something about your delivery or something like that whereas you know getting kids to feel like they can just talk to each other and come up with a game plan on their own yeah so, and, and and like just going off that point i think it starts with I have these guys create the goal of what they're trying to accomplish together. So like a lot of times, like early on, like I'll set the parameters of bullpens. I'll set it in, in a, in a structured way to where they understand what they need to work on. However, they need to understand what they're trying to accomplish. And like you said, they clam up. If they don't, if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish, then you just kind of are almost a lost puppy out there. And like, you get stressed super easy. So my, I like having these guys like, so for a pitcher, he's stepping on the mound and the catcher, maybe we bring him in one early on. All right. Hey, here's what we're working on today. What, what's our goal and have them talk, you know? And, and honestly, this is the thing. It's not perfect. A lot of times if you get, if you get, you know, maybe a freshman pitcher and a freshman catcher, they're going to stare at you, you know? And that's, that's your job as a coach is to start to get them to think like, okay, coach is asking me what we're trying to accomplish. I'm trying to compete or they're going to throw like the, the hot words at you. 
Right. You're there to kind of fill in the gaps, right? Like you're the filler and your, your goal is to kind of lead them to forming their own conclusions. Right. Exactly. You're, you're trying, exactly. You're trying to lead them down that, that path so that they understand maybe in two weeks, you don't even have to have that conversation with them, but until you have that initial awkward conversation and honestly it is awkward because a lot of times kids don't know. But to me, that's the exciting part. If you get kids up there and they're like spitting out what you want to hear already, dude, you've done your job. Like in a lot of ways, like leave them alone and kind of see where you need to coach Mm -hmm. from there. But more times than not, you're going to get a lot of uncertainty out of the pitcher and catcher in the, in the bullpen. And we're talking in that bullpen setting, like your first, like for high school or or little league or anything, that first bullpen, when those two guys are standing next to you and you go, hey, what are we trying to accomplish? I can almost guarantee you that they're going to look at you like, what do you mean? What are we trying to accomplish? Right. I'm here just to throw, coach, or right. I'm just going to catch him, coach. Like, that's that's what's really going through their head. But they won't right. say that because they're like, right. oh, I got to say something that's that's smart here. Right. Like, like, that's, you, yeah, you and I have talked about that in the sense of how – this generation of ball players has really become a generation of ears over eyes. Yeah. You know, a lot of kids are, cause there's there, I will say this, like there's a ton of coaching out there and there's a lot of great coaching out there. And um, you know, I think sometimes because of that coaching kids are trying to make sure that they're right rather than just trying something, yeah. uh, you know? And I think, you know, one thing that I like to think about too is like the, um, you know, be fearless, but not oblivious. And, 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 and obviously you and I have a very similar thought process uh, when it comes to allowing, allowing players to make mistakes. I know for you guys, it's more, you know, in the fall, right. Where, yeah. you know, the, the games are, you know, you're, you're really getting a good sense and an evaluation. Uh, you know, I used to, I, you know, in high school, I, I always think the first five, six games really don't mean anything because we're trying to figure out who we are and, you know, once, as soon as we can figure out who we are, then, you know, then we, then we can start holding guys accountable, um, you know, to that standard, but, you know, kind of, kind of go through a couple things, Trav, about, about your, um, you know, your bullpens and, and kind of like what you may ask your catchers to look for. And also uh, stuff that you may ask your pitchers when it comes to what they're seeing when it comes to uh, the catchers. Yeah. Um, you know, to kind of start that, I don't mean to like dodge that. I'm going to kind of get to that uh, question in a roundabout way. But the biggest thing that I am trying to accomplish between my catchers and my pitchers is one from a catcher's perspective is understanding who that pitcher is, understanding their identity. And when I talk about identity, I mean like who, what makes them tick? How do they get outs? Um, Cause not every pitcher gets out the same way. Some guys are high fastball guys with high spin rate or, or whatever, and they get swing and miss with their fastball. So like that guy as a catcher, knowing that we don't have to be so fine maybe with our setup or we, we, we have to set up a little bit different. Like we can set up a little higher because his ball rises or, or, you know, whatever it is, it's important for the catcher to know that pitcher's identity. So one of the things that I do is I talk to our catchers about it. And if a catcher's not catching, he's in the bullpen still. If he's not hitting BP or something, he's there. He's watching. He's watching these guys throw. He's, he, he's like understanding like, okay, this guy's ball runs a ton. So if you understand as a catcher, and you know this because you've worked with a lot of really good catchers, and the best ones when it comes to receiving isn't necessarily like, hey, they have great hands. It's they have great hands, but they also anticipate based on who the pitcher is right they know they know where they're supposed to be they know 
it, a lot of times great catchers don't look like they're doing anything special because their positioning and their setup is so good. And, and like you said, that I think that really comes off of the identity and knowing your pitching staff. And uh, I know that's what you're getting to. So yeah, no, yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, so, you know, our pitching staff this past year, we had 20 guys on the roster, you know, 20 different pitchers. So you got 20 different arsenals, 20 different personalities. We only had three catchers. So you're talking about if you're one catcher, your responsibility as a catcher that you've taken is to understand those guys. Now, this right. is where the flip side goes. If you're going to put in that work and understand those guys, that frees you up to hold those guys accountable, you know, and that frees you up to know, like, cause, cause the more you catch guys, you, you recognize body language. Everyone talks about like, Oh, a catcher's the, the quarterback or the leader of the field. And it's true. But the reason they are is because the battery is the most important thing on the field and they have to be able to identify and, and step on any problem that happens between the pitcher, you know, cause the right. pitcher, honestly, they dictate the flow of the game. Right. Um, so to earn that accountability or earn the ability to hold pitchers accountable, you first have to understand them. Um, and that's where I think as a catcher, it's like, it's harder. And, and that's why I have the most respect for catchers. To me, it's the most important position on the field, you know? And that the reason I say that is because they have to put in more work than everybody. And, and it comes from, and I'm not talking physical work. Everyone puts in the physical work. I'm talking the mental the work, the, the grind of understanding and the want to understand, you know? And so one of the things we do is, you know, our, our pitchers, like one of the things we're, we're very fortunate, we have technology, you know, I have rap Soto, I have stuff like that to where I can look at a pitcher and break down his arsenal and stuff and almost like create a like blueprint identity for them. I give that to the catchers, you know, and, right. and I give that to the catchers for them to have. And, you know, after bullpens, like, I'll have them right in there of like what they saw that day and right. actually talk to the pitcher that day. You know, um, another thing I do is like when guys first get on is I have the pitchers fill out this, uh, just this generic Excel file of like, what's your arsenal? How do you like the catcher to set up specifically? And this is always fun because like pitchers, they have no idea. They uh, usually underclassmen, they come in, they're like, I don't care, but they really do. And that's right. the thing is like it's it's just forcing right. them you're, to think. You're teaching about them how to you're teaching them how to communicate. Exactly, exactly, and that comes back to the communication is like, you know, and we did this year, and you know, we have a, a really good young pitcher who was a sophomore this year, and you know, this is our first year doing this, and it, and we saw really great benefit from it. Is I sat I sat with the catchers behind the plate, and I said, okay, fastball way, where do you want me set up? And he goes, oh, I don't care. And I was like, okay, so I set up inside. And he's like, no, 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 I want you over there. I was like, I thought you didn't care. Right. And he's like, he's like, well, I mean, I want him on the corner. I'll go, okay. So I set up on the corner. I put my glove off the plate. He's like, no, 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 put your glove here. And I go, that's what I'm getting at. Is right. I want you guys to break this down to where it's like, I want your cup splitting the corner and I want your glove over that outside third. So I have them fill that out and I give that to the catchers. And so the I, think, catchers, I think what you just talked about right there, though, is such an important thing because so many kids – overlook that and they don't understand that where even like I tell my catchers all the time like coach I'm splitting the outside corner I now ask the pitcher like well I feel like he's set up down the middle at that point if the pitcher feels like you're setting up down the middle then we've got to do something to make him feel like 
you're not setting up down the middle and it's not, you're not wrong. You guys are just on different pages. And I think that's the thing that, you know, you know, that little thing right there, you know, okay. Uh, you know, guy sets up, he's got his body on the outside corner, but he's got his glove over the plate. You know, I think those are the little things that are going to get glossed over just because, you know, it's not how hard I'm throwing or what's my, you know, um, spin rate or, you know, from a catching standpoint, you know, okay, I got to block the slider in the dirt. Like there's so many obstacles I think that you can remove as a pitch and catcher, you know, as a battery just by being comfortable with each other. And that's why, that's why people, you know, people always go, Oh, I just, I love throwing the so-and-so and yeah. uh, you know, that catch is one of my best friends. Well, the guy's probably your best friend because he knows you really well. And that's probably why you like catching them because <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, that's why you guys exactly. like working together because exactly. you know, you're able to see what you want and you're able, you know, being on that, that quote unquote same page, you know, I think it's just so, so important. So no, I, I think that's like, that's huge. And, and you and I, we've talked about the, you know, the, the charting and I think, you know, like the rap Soto, I mean, I think that's just great because it's just that objective, uh, technology that really kind of just takes away any guesswork that a player might have about yeah. what somebody's saying about them. And that's kind of why, you know, you and I, we, we talked about the, uh, the catching, uh, you know, charting as well, where we created yeah. that, 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 that PDF where now we have the catchers charting and, and just getting what they're seeing, because I can tell you there's a lot of times where, you know, I think the most dangerous thing when it comes to coaching is what you believe to be common knowledge. Most of the time is something that you, it is not common. And it's, and no. so there's things where a kid might, you know, he might be like, Hey, this guy's two seam cuts. And you're like that, that runs. And you know, him, not really understanding. And, and the reason why that's a big deal is if, you know, he says, he's saying something like, Hey, that ball's cutting and that ball's really running. It, it, it kind of, it, it, you lose, you lose trust in the communication and therefore communication breaks down. Yeah, it, no, exactly. And I mean, what you just said is, is spot on in the sense of that understanding is like the most important thing to me. You know, if, if I was to pick one thing between my pitcher and catcher, it was that they both feel comfortable with how the setup is happening and they're on the same page with it. If I could have that, like, I'll take that. I'll take that 100% of the time. I'll take that over a guy that looks great on video receiving and all this. I'll take the dude who might be a little rough around the edges receiving, but he knows where to set up because guess what? That's the guy that steals pitches. That's the guy that, that gets you that strike when it's not a strike or right. keeps a pitcher confident. There's a couple of things right. that, and, and, and like a couple of things that'll tip you off as a coach. And you know, this, we've talked about this is there's a few things. There's a couple of things you're trying to avoid. You're trying to avoid that pitcher walking off the mound going, he's setting up wrong, you know, cause like, unfortunately, and we're all this way. Right. No one likes to fail. Like, I don't care what you say. No. Like people, some people are better at embracing it, but no one enjoys it. Or some people understand that it's a part of growth, but I agree. Like there's some people that as soon as failure has happened there, they, they, they shut down a little bit. Right? Yeah. Exactly. They shut down. It's the, it's the natural emotion that we, that we're, we, you and I go through it. When, when I fail as a coach, it doesn't feel good. And like, what's the first thing that I want to do if a pitcher goes out there and he stinks is like, I want to be like, Oh, he didn't do his job that day. But honestly, I've, 
you know, in my short time being a coach, like I've learned that, like, I have to look at what I've done first, you know, and instead of it's his fault, it's, it's gotta, you gotta look at yourself first. And, and that's, that's another thing that I feel like this communication allows to happen. Um, because if you feel that the catcher and the pitcher are 100% on the same page and a pitcher goes out there and he gets shelled for whatever reason, right? He's not going to come in going, oh, the catcher wasn't set up. He's going to come in and he's going to be able to take accountability or, or accept that accountability a little bit more because he knows that all the prep work has been done. I just didn't get it done today. You right. know, why didn't I get it done? What, what was it? You know, all right, it wasn't anything to do with the catcher. But now I can look at myself and, and there's no like obstacle of like, oh, well, it was his fault. Or it was his fault. And the catcher, same thing. It's not like, you know, if a pitcher hits a spot and he was set up wrong, he's going to know. I, I missed that. You know, I missed that. I should have been set up this way, you know, and like that allows like that accountability between those two guys, that conversation that we talk about to be more free and be like, dude, I need you there. And he goes, I know I met, I missed that. Right. You know, right. as, as opposed to, dude, I need you there. Like, what do you mean I need you there? You know, it, it's, there's no back and forth. It really is allows, hey, you're not, you're not locked in right now. Lock in. Right. And then that's all you have to say because both, both right. parties have put in the work and you understand like, okay, that's what I need to do. Right. And, and actually, every, I, and Jack, I, yeah, I, I think that um, I want you to go a little bit more into that chart that you and I, or you mainly, but um, yeah. the catching chart that we kind of, created um and i'm 100 percent using it this year you know i'm really excited right. about it but you know i want i was think that you know for the yeah. people listening talk about that a little bit more because it is it's it's like the easiest way to train your catchers to communicate and be locked in and also be able to have those free communication talks with the pitchers yeah no um yeah so we we kind of came up we were we were talking you know, i was talking to you know Obviously, I was talking to you, Trav. I was talking to a couple of other buddies that, uh, you know, run bullpens and, and trying to figure out a way for catchers to get down information as fast as they could in a bullpen setting. So we, we created a PDF file, and you can go to catchersu.com, and uh, it's right when you get to the home page, you click on it, put your email in, and uh, it'll the website will actually send it right to you. But really what it does is, you know, the, the top of it, you you put your pitcher's name in, you put uh, – the, the date of the bullpen, number of pitches that they're going to throw, and then you break it down by pitch type. And pitch type can be four-seam fastball, the two-seam fastball, if they throw a slider, cutter, uh, curveball, and you just write down each pitch that your pitcher throws. And then what you do is throughout the bullpen, you're just taking notes, and it's it's blocked up. You know, what side of the plate are we throwing this ball mostly to? Or, you know, is it four-seam fastball? Is he staying on the glove side or is he going arm side? When he goes arm side, uh, there's a plate underneath. Is he is he hitting? Uh, is he throwing it for a strike or is he missing off the plate? Does he miss over the plate? So it's just kind of a, a quick way to kind of get your catchers to really lock in with what they're seeing. And then the other cool part, the interaction part that we added to it that we didn't have at the beginning, but we added to it was – receiving grades. We, we make our catchers give themselves uh, a self-receiving grade. And we also have the pitcher give uh, the catcher a receiving grade, one, two, or three, one being awesome job, two being average, three being below average. And then we also have command of that pitch, one, two, or three. 
so, you know, a catcher says, okay, you know, this fastball today was average command or below average command. And then at the bottom, uh, we have just some receiving notes. You know, I, I had a great conversation with a kid the other day who uh, has a has a stud left-handed pitcher that when he uh, throws his fastball to his glove side, cuts a little bit unexpectedly on him. And it's, you know, upper 80s, low 90s. And, and he's like, I'm catching it. Uh, I can't frame it. Um, you know, what, what, what can I do? And, and so we started, you know, he started breaking it down and, and we started talking about just how to kind of attack that pitch because we know what we're looking for. And, um, you know, and he kind of came up with a thought process and he, uh, you know, he, he's, you know, obviously he's, he's jumping at the bit to try this, you know, he hasn't gotten a chance to catch a bullpen because of, you know, COVID-19, but, um, you know, he's excited because he, he feels prepped and he did that just after, kind of just watching his teammate uh, on video on what he's looking for. So, you know, I think, I, I think like I said, we just call it the bullpen report. And I think it's something that it's just a tool, you know, it's just a tool that opens up the lines of communication, kind of like what we were talking about. And, you know, and I think, you know, Trav, like I, I can tell you like everything you were talking about, like the, the level of accountability and um, stuff is, it's like, I think every coach, really believes that if the other team beats you, hey, that's a, that that happens, you know, and there's that's that means we 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 were prepared, played hard, and you know what? It didn't go our way. And that and that that's an acceptable, I guess, failure. But when you lose because you're not prepared or because you're not on the same page or you were too selfish to mentally prepare yourself. Um, I think that's when this kind of system can really expose that pretty quickly on, Hey, I know who's on the same page and I know who's not because in this situation, if you got 20 pitchers and 18 of the guys are doing this and two guys aren't, that's going to stand out pretty quickly. Yeah. So, and, and going into that as well is like, this is, so, like I said, like, I'm excited to use this, and there's going to be some trial and error of, like, how it's best used. But, like, one thing that I really thought, and this is how I plan on using it, is, like, if I have off pitchers, they're going to actually sit next to the catchers that's catching and be the recorder for that catcher. Because I want the catcher to, like, be able to verbalize it immediately, you know, of, like, all right, this is what just happened. And I want the pitcher – to, to the guy that's not throwing to also still be a student of the game and like see it and be like, yeah, I agree. Or have a mini conversation there. Right. And then like afterwards now, instead of, okay, you're just dapping up the catcher. Hey, thanks for catching my bullpen. It's more of, Hey dude, this is what we got to talk about. You know, like, right. you know, this is what I saw today. Right. You know, whoever, you know, Johnny's over here, you know, re recording. And he goes, yeah, man, like, honestly, like, I felt like you had command of your glove side, but the minute you tried to go arm side, you were overcompensating. Right. Um, and now you have three parties. So, cause to me also, and this is not necessarily a catcher pitcher relationship. This is also a great opportunity to build a good culture within your pitching staff, you know? And like, that's the other thing too, is we talk about goals. We talk about objectives and the objective is to, is to win. And I mean, it's simply put, it's 100%. to win, but, but it's, it's to do it together. And um, I think sometimes we get lost as players of we want to be the guy, 
You know, everyone wants to be the guy. And if you don't do a good job as a coach, you're going to have a lot of individuals running around. But if you can do stuff like this, where guys are actually helping each other out and talking to each other and stuff, when it comes game time, we talk about it. When it becomes game time, you have a team that wants everyone to do well. Like I said, I have 20 pitchers on, on the roster last year. How many of those guys you think through every every game or, or were up every game? Right. I mean, the only guys that were guaranteed the pitch were our weekend starters. Like, that's it. No one else. Our closer, everybody, like, no one's guaranteed the pitch. But when you're, when you're called, are you going to be ready? And are your teammates going to be the guys that have helped you get there to win the game? Or are they going to be like, I should be pitching? And that's the one thing I always tried. Uh, I, I, I need to feel like I have 20 pitchers and – three catchers that want everybody to do well. And like, that's the right. tough part about, you know, being a pitching coach, which I think is a lot of times you have so many pitchers and you have right. only so many innings. So how can you create a culture that everyone can put their egos aside and go, I'm going to be ready. And then when I'm called, I know everyone's rooting for me, you know, because like right. that to me, like that leads to wins. And the catchers are a huge part of that right. because they have to buy into that culture too. And, you know, and that, and to me, like that's a great opportunity. We're talking about this bullpen. It's a great opportunity. Right. It's a great opportunity. It's the best one there is, you know, and right. um, be creative as a coach to right. create more opportunities for communication like that. But, yeah. yeah, and I think, and I think the other thing too is, and just to kind of do a segue onto catchers, when we talk about pitching staff, right? We're always talking about, hey, you know, and the, the cool part about the MLB right now is there's a definite more of a team atmosphere when it comes to getting outs. You know, it's not like it used to be um, where you have guys, you know, going out there for seven, eight innings and you give it to the closer, you know. You see teams, you know, you see like the, the Rays, you know, starting with openers and kind of changing the whole landscape of, you know, uh, how to use pitchers and how to keep pitchers healthy. And, you know, but the one thing that, you know, I think a lot of times is, and it's probably just because of how youth baseball is, you get one really good catcher and you know, you, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a weapon back there. And so yeah. what ends up happening, I think a lot is you get these guys who, who, who are really good and, and then they get out there and they're used to playing all the time and, you know, and they're not necessarily looking for the, the other catcher on the team to kind of help them out and to, to you know, look for stuff and, and kind of get on the same page. And, you know, and I and I joke all the time, you know, I said, you know, man, like, you know, and, and, and this is more, you know, I, I joke with my buddies who coach travel ball and then I say, hey, man, like, it's kind of bad that your second catcher is not as good as your first catcher after he's caught four games in 24 hours, like, Man, maybe we need to get another guy on the roster. You know what do you think? And 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 but I think the reason why though, when we get in these situations, is because of trust yeah. and and that trust and that communication. And it's like that pitching staff has to trust you. And I think you know it's it's hard work for the catchers to to be that guy. You know, hey, look, catcher goes down. You know, in a game, yeah, you want to be there to fill in, but you also want to be able to play anytime. You know, you want to be able to, to, to be on the same page, to be a part of the, the, the game plan, to be there. And, you know, and I think, you know, it's it's one of those things, and I get it, you know, don't, don't be wrong. Like, there's a lot of alpha males when it comes to sports. But, you know, 
the more you can involve your teammates and the more your teammates want to help you and you want to help your teammates, it just kind of like we we're talking about, it just gets you on that, that same page, but it gets you on the, on the main goal, which I think you and I have always thought about is it's about winning, you know, and it's about winning games as a team and, you know, and the growth and the learning and, and all of that, that, that happens. So yeah, we play to win as a team in the game and, we train ourselves, you know, as individuals in the off season and we work on individual skills, you know, in parts of practice, but, you know, this goal and the reason why we're having, you know, the reason why we're on this podcast or the reason why, you know, you and I, we talk baseball, it's, it's, you know, we want to help kids get better because if you're better, you, you got a better chance to win. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I have so much, I'm so excited to see how this kind of conversation and, um, you know, goes, you know, can, you know, what can it do for a team? Can it really take you to another level of trust? And I think that's the biggest thing. If you can create trust and you can create a bond, that's when special teams, you know, that's when special teams I think are formed. Well, you and, know? And, and Jack also like the other thing that I think about when you're talking about that and the trust factor is huge. And also trust leads to success. You know, it's not like, it's not like um, you just go out there on your own. Like baseball's not that sport. Baseball's not the sport. It's not wrestling, you know, where you literally right. are one-on-one. Um, and, and you think about, like, we always talk about this as from pitchers and, and even catchers, you know, and, and anyone is like your mind in baseball is so critical to your success. So when I think about this stuff, this creates that trust to where when I'm out on the mound now and I'm looking at that catcher, like I'm not worried about the results necessarily as I am of like, this is what I'm doing because I've been doing this. It allows you to like, like segment everything to where it's like, all right, this is what I'm doing right here. Cause a lot of times what ends up happening, especially with younger guys that are in spot innings, they go out there and the, you know, what's going through their head. I better do well. or I'm not going to pitch for a while. Right. Well, if you're thinking like that, or or a catcher that maybe gets that spot start because the starter is really tired, oh, I better catch really well, or otherwise I'm not going to play, or I better hit. Right. If I don't get a hit, I'm going to be out of the lineup. That type of thought process is created from a lack of preparation, in my opinion, a lack of knowledge, in my opinion, because baseball is that game where you need to be taking calculated, aggressive like actions. Like, okay, I get a fastball in here. I know what I'm doing with that pitch. I'm, I'm focused on that pitch. I'm not even worried about who the hitter is. As a catcher, I call a fastball in. I know exactly where I'm setting up, and I know how this guy moves, so I'm preparing for that pitch. What happens after that is reactionary. But your, your right. prep before that allows your mind to be locked in on that moment. Everyone says, I'll be locked in the moment. And there's great stuff out there, you know, about, like, staying locked in in the moment and, like, exercise that you can do, visualization stuff. But to me – Number one, mental training is how you prepare. And it's not and, – and I think a lot of times players and coaches, we think prepare as in like Rocky Balboa prepare, you know, like right. brute. Like we just got to – we got to outwork everyone physically. Right. But to me, like the physical work is, is training, you know. The mental stuff, that's development. Development right. happens in the mental. And like you said, the more that you prepare – and the more that you develop your mind, the more trust you have. And I think that leads to success, you know, like right. 
you know, we have, we have a lot of really good pitchers and on our team and the best ones are the ones that prepare the most and they, right. they know what they're trying to do on the mound. We got guys that have better stuff than everybody who don't have success because they're not prepared. And right. they're, and like, this is where you and I, we've, we've, you know, seen this a few times is like the players that are willing to self-evaluate that they need to prepare better or they need to listen honestly and not get defensive about um you know coaching or a player getting on them those are the guys that are ends up being the best fastest you know at some point the best players they've all they've all crossed that that bridge of right it's not about me i gotta do i gotta listen to what is being told to me and put it to use like and i think that what we're talking about is what allows coaches to not only create a good relationship between a pitcher and a catcher, but trust in the coach and trust in the, and trust in each other to where it's, you're not in a bickering war, you know? And that's, that's what the whole goal is. I think is like you said, it creates that trust to where you're on the mound as a pitcher and all you're worried about is just executing the way that you've been practicing and preparing the whole time. If the results don't go your way after that, it is what it is. There's right. bad matchups. We know this. There's there's pitchers that are bad matchups for hitters. Like if my ball runs and I got a pull hitter, like I'm a bad matchup for that guy, you know? Right. And and like if that guy gets a hit, it's because that guy kind of ran into it, you know, or or whatever. But right. we can't get beat by the guys that we're good matchups for. You know, and if I'm a starter, I can't get beat one through nine because I'm worried about what happened one and two, you know? Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think I like, like you said, like it, the preparation, uh, I think takes a lot of the insecurity away and allows you to just go play. Let's, you know, just let you go play the game the way, uh, you know, you're supposed to and just go play hard. And, and I think the culture and the relationship, if the more people that are involved, obviously the, the easier it is for those guys to all be on the same page and pump each other up and want success for one another. Um, you know, you, you know, this like the greatest teams, you know, the guys are all fans of each other. You know, mm-hmm. the teams that underachieve are the ones that, you know, guys are competing with each other uh, a little bit more than maybe they're competing against their opponents. Um, but Trav, last thing I want to bring up and, and I want to get your take as a college coach and as a college recruiter, um, you know, obviously there's a ton of physical, you know, metrics and there's a ton of physical things that you're looking for when it comes to uh, a college catcher. But what impresses you the most when we talk about these intangibles or how do you try to find these guys that, cause I know, you know, like we said, you know, we, we, you put a lot of effort into guys. Like how do you, how do you find these guys that are, you know, or how do you go about trying to find guys who do prepare or, you know, what what kind of gives you the indication that you you need that this might be a kind of guy behind the plate that you want for your staff? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, what what I could say is like it kind of goes in with our conversation. It's prep. It's prep. It's doing your homework. Um, you know, it's today's awesome in a lot of ways because there's so much out there that allows kids to get the physical stuff in front of us. So like, I can get video from a catcher. I can see that he's got good hands. I can see he's got a strong arm. I like his swing. You know, they say he runs well, all that stuff. So, like, going into a game, if I'm recruiting a guy going into a game, I'm not even looking at those things. 
because I already know they're there. Like that's what I've been told, right? Right. So when I when right. I you're, watch, you're confirming you're confirming the physical stuff. Yeah, you're confirming it exactly. Like you know, if if a coach tells me this kid's like a left-handed power stick, and I show up, and he he's like, he's not. It's that's pretty easy right. to tell, you know. Right. But like, if you show up and you see it, and you're like, okay, like that's like a quick check. You can watch that in BP and, and IO, and already know that the physical stuff is there. But when I watch a catcher in game, I really watch how he moves. I watch how he handles an umpire. Um, I watch how he interacts with his pitcher. Um, you know, a lot of times, like we talk about intangibles, like after an inning, it's like, what's, what's his, what's his body language? Like, um, what's he like in the dugout? You know, is he as a catcher? And this is one thing that I, I've, I, I, I look at is, and maybe I overthink it. And sometimes recruiters we do, but as a catcher, we talk about the guy that's like a leader, right. And, right. A, and a guy that's like a team guy. If a catcher is standing alone in the dugout when everyone's on offense, like to me, that's a red flag. It's a, it's a red flag because why are you standing alone during the game? I know you just had a bad inning or you just struck out, but so what? Right. Like, okay. So that's not like a me crossing them off, but that's a, that's a question I'm going to ask. Well, especially, especially when kind of like we talked about, we're we're looking, you're looking for guys behind the plate that are communicators and, Right, it's kind of to communicate when you're sitting by yourself in the dugout. And I, I think that's a great, uh, you know, observation, for sure. Yeah, no, exactly. And that that's that's the thing is like, if I can if I can see a guy communicates like, and I'm not talking like the, uh, you know, old school like screaming the out stuff like that. Like that's good, but um, if a guy's like communicating with the pitcher in between innings, like actually like having conversation or in the bullpen before the game, those are things that, like, really catch my eye. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, that. this this guy's real. And then the other thing is, obviously, I, I talk to the coaches, you know. Right. Um, I talk to the coaches. I talk to coaches in the players' conference, in high school conference. Hey, what's this guy like when you play him? Like, you know, stuff like that, mm-hmm. to where I can get an idea of the character of the kid on the field. Um, and then the last thing that uh, I'd say that, is like important to me is I like watching practice, <laughs> you know, right. I like watching kids in practice because that tells you everything you need to know right there. If a kid takes practice, like it's a game and prep, right. like it's a game, he's next level. Now right. those guys are hard to find. Like, let's say those guys are hard to find because that's not what's been, that's not what's preached to high school kids right now. It's about what do you look like in BP? What do you look like on your pop times in between innings? Like, honestly, I could care less about your pop time in between innings. Like you said, that's a confirming thing. What's your pop time in the game though? You know, right. um, how do you receive when guys get on base? Do you become a little more jumpy or are you calm? Are you, are you collect? Are you the same guy? You know, how do you handle multiple pitchers? You know, can you handle every pitcher on that staff? You know, I love it when I go to showcase games and we got teams that throw four guys a game and one catcher. Cause it shows me, all right, can this guy, does he look the same right. catching all four of these guys? Um, right. Exactly. So- yeah, so that's a couple of things that. I yeah, like. no, I think I think that's awesome, and and you know, you know, for catchers that are out there, especially you know, you high school guys that are trying to get recruited, you know, as a catcher, kind of like what we keep talking about, we want you to be communicators, we want you to be you know leaders, but you know, we want you to be prepared, and I think you know when you get on the phone with a college coach, you know, be prepared, you know, understand little a couple things. It doesn't mean 
you know, try to get brownie points or something like that with the coach. But make sure that when you are, you know, on the phone, you're prepared and so that you have some stuff, you know, ready to talk to, you know, the coach about, you know, why you want to be there, what you want to do. And, and, and I think sometimes, too, it's good to be able to talk about your teammates and guys you compete against uh, as well because that's a true sign. Are, are you a guy that's there? Uh, you know, are you, are you a guy that that's uh, able to uh, communicate and want to work with other people? And I think as a catcher, you know, it's a servant leadership position that it's very, very important to want to be able to do that, want to be able to help others have success because – at the end of the day, that's what you're really trying to do uh, for catchers. But Travis, this has been awesome. Um, one, to thank you so much uh, for uh, joining us today. If you have anything in closing that you'd like to add, please, please, please. Yeah, I mean, um, no, not not a whole lot, man. I, it was it was awesome getting on here and talking. I hope to come back uh, pretty pretty regular basis you know obviously like like jack mentioned at the beginning you're my brother so i plan Mom, on being Mom's on already this. worked out your contract so you're gonna get to be <laughs> on here a couple more times don't worry yeah exactly <laughs> exactly she's my agent exactly exactly um but no man it's just good talking uh talking baseball and um like like you said i think uh the guys that are listening to this like you're the guys that are doing the right stuff right now during this time and and learning and um just don't be scared to to accept a new idea and try something new because it's the time to do it. And uh, you'll find out more about yourself as a player. Um, I think if you're more open to this kind of stuff that we're talking about that maybe you haven't thought about. So um, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I, I appreciate it. And I, I look forward to being on here again. Dude, awesome stuff. Always welcome. That's Travis Farrick, pitching coach at the University of Dayton. This has been the Catches You podcast. I'm your host, Jack Farrick. Thank you for joining us. We hope this helped. And we'll talk to you soon.